guys, welcome back to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. I am super excited today to have someone that I just think is incredible and I adore, Dr. Mona. Mona, thank you for being here. Hi, guys. Hi, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It is my pleasure. Mona actually has her own podcast as well. And Mona, I want to open up uh, with telling the audience a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, I, um, I'm i an OBGYN. I've been um, practicing OBGYN for about 22, I think, years. Makes me sound so old, doesn't it? But yeah, about that time. And um, what I do is that I do private practice as well as I am involved in teaching residents and students, medical students who rotate through um, Michigan State um, Medical School. It's called College of Human Medicine. So I do that and I also um, am trained and practice cosmetic gynecology on the side for relaxation and for a little bit of a fun. I do have a podcast and I'm just starting a YouTube channel as well. It's all about women's health. I love it. I know. I love it. I love it. Love it. So tell us a little bit about how you were inspired to become a doctor and specifically an OBGYN because I absolutely love following you, love following your posts on Instagram. They're so knowledgeable. You're so in your niche, which I love. And I always talk about, and we talked about when we, when you were starting your podcast too, and you are killing it. But I want to go back to when you were young, Mona, and wanting to become a doctor. Tell us about that story. Well, it's a long story, actually. I um, come from a family where before me, there were no doctors at all in our family. And um, my grandfather, as well as my, my grandma, as well as my dad, everybody on my dad's side of the family had like diabetes and, you know, chronic medical illnesses. And Going, we at that time we used to have this um, family practice doctor who was amazing. I was so inspired by him. He would actually come and do the home visits and um, always like take time to talk to me and you know to all the kids and just watching him. I always kind of thought, well, you know, maybe I want to be like him one day. And that's how my um, journey to medical school started. I had actually a very long path. My medical school was in India. I did my basic medical training in India. Then I went to England and I did my OBGYN residency as well as my board certification there. And then I came here and I did the same thing all over again. So, you know, I love OBGYN. I did it twice in my life. Wow. Already. Oh my gosh. That is a <laughs> yes, Wow. And then so even if, if I have to do it all over again, I think I will do it all over again. OB is something, you know, either people like it or they hate it. There's <laughs> nothing in between. There really isn't. There are people who can't just stand all the blood and all the drama and the adrenaline going and some people thrive on it. And I think I'm one of those people who <laughs> who loves it and and and, you know, thrive on it. So... It's so rewarding, I think, you know, just the whole, it's, well, the whole journey, you know, you start with a, 
with a woman, you know, you, you are with her from the beginning to the end of her pregnancy. And once you deliver a baby, you become a part of their family and their family stays with you till the end of your career. So when I started, I have so many of my patients and their moms and their sisters um, who I have been involved with and being a part of their life for years and years. And I think that kind of, you know, just you look at it and you feel like, wow, you know, I touched somebody's life. Oh my God, I'm a part of this. So that's, I think, what kept me going. That's, I can't even imagine how rewarding (laughs) that is. And it sounds like you feel like you've got so many sisters and like adopted moms and now (laughs) children. You've got like these thousands of children that are kind of a part of your life too, right? Yes. And I see those children, which I delivered coming in to see me as my patients. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, how cool is that? I saw you. I was the first one to see you then. Mm -hmm. And now here you are. Um, as my patient. So yes, it's, it's incredible. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. What a beautiful gift. Well, I love your story because I never knew about the very beginning about, (laughs) you know, where you were inspired. And what's interesting is, you know, we're both a part of an amazing women's network. And when we were going through that, you know, and when you're really going through any kind of women's network or training or finding out your, you know, your why, you kind of go back to your childhood and like, what did you, what was inspiring to you as a little girl and, and figure out what you wanted to do as a kid. And that's for anyone. And so I love that this family doctor that was coming over and spending time, that was you, you felt that kind of fire in you and you were inspired. So you knew even then this was calling you and pulling you. Medicine. You know, as you had, when you're young, you don't think about like you just think oh maybe it's just like all the dreams so I want to be a ballerina and I want to do this and I want to do that right so something like that is like oh that will be so cool if I can you know do that and I think it stayed with me somehow and um yeah you need that one person you need one person you can look up to and who inspire you know you never know when you're going to meet that person in your life right so somewhere somebody touches you and that that stays with you. So that's why I tell my my daughters too. I say you always be nice and kind to other people and always be friendly. You never know what they're going to remember about you, you know, and what is going to inspire you. So yeah, absolutely. I love that that part of that story. But obviously, yes, you love what you do because you've gone through the process (laughs) twice, which is incredible. So (laughs) what initially so we know who your inspiration was and what kind of sparked this, but why OB? Like, so why are you, why, what pulled you towards that? We know you're passionate about it, but through your process, I mean, when you were becoming a doctor or going through schooling, why were you drawn towards working with women? Um, you know, OB is in general, pretty happy place, I should say, right? Mm-hmm. OBGYN in general, when most of our patients are healthy, um, they don't usually have too many medical problems usually but it can get it can get scary and it can get very stressful too at times so majority of the time it's very fulfilling that's the OB part of it you know going with a woman with her through her pregnancy delivering a child and you know being a part of it but also I liked it was the surgical part of it I love surgeries and I I I I tell people I if I 
can do surgery every single day. That's what I would do, you know. So it's a good combination of surgical as well as uh, primary care. Because mm-hmm. we see patients for just like their regular pap smears or their medical problem, but we do surgical procedures. So it's a really good combination. So as a third year medical student, when you are rotating through different specialties, you know, it's kind of gives you a taste of it, you know, each and every different subject. And then that makes you think, okay, can I do this for life? Right. Is that because that's going to be your life? Really? Medicine is life. You know, it's not a career. It's life. Mm -hmm. So and then when I went in OB and I did my rotation and then it just that was it. It's like, this is it. This is what I want. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You were in the middle of it and you were like, Mm -hmm. I can see this being my Mm -hmm. life. My life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you're amazing. And another amazing thing that I saw you do recently on your social media, which I keep bragging on, I love how open and out there you are. I know as a a patient, I would feel so great about that. Um, and informative, but you got the vaccine for COVID. Yes, I did. And (laughs) and you did it on social media, (laughs) which I thought was so cool. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about this pertaining to women, pertaining to pregnancy. What do we know? What do we not know? What is, you know what I mean? Fill us in on this because my listeners are like 85% women. So tell us Uh about Yeah. Well, this vaccine, uh, the one I took was a Pfizer vaccine, but there Mm -hmm. are two. There's a Pfizer as well as Moderna vaccine out there. So these are, we call them something like a mRNA vaccine. That means um, mRNA is a a messenger part of the um, DNA, which is you extract it from the virus. So the vaccine itself does not have a virus. It just have that messenger, which is going to tell your body's fighter cells like, hey, come on, make the antibodies against it. So it's very safe. There's no viral particle. There's no viral DNA, nothing in there. So knowing this technology, this technology has been out there for over 30 years and has been used for many different vaccines, you know. COVID is a new new disease, but mm-hmm. it ha- the technology has been there. Um, knowing the kind of a vaccine it's going to be, I felt very comfortable um, taking it and being going to the hospital and seeing very up close and personal how people were suffering and how devastating it was. People were losing their lives. They were having long-term complications and I'm constantly exposed to it. So I thought, well, you know, I need to protect myself first and my family and, of course, my patients. So I don't become an asymptomatic carrier and give it to my patients. Right. Um, so I, that's why I took the vaccine. I was one of the first ones in our hospital to, to, to take it um, with, along with the other healthcare providers. Um, the American College of OBGYN came out with a statement saying that they know there are not long-term studies on this vaccine and pregnancy. Now, we very rarely volunteer pregnant women for any kind of medical studies, right? Because we are worried about the unknown. So the studies are not there, but there have been some patients who after taking the vaccine in their trial, you know, the Pfizer trial was a very big trial. They studied, I think, 45,000 people so there were some people who found out that they were pregnant afterwards and some took it because they wanted the protection. And those numbers, although they are small, um, they found out that this vaccine is pretty safe. 
So the college came out with a statement saying that if you are a healthcare worker or if you are at the risk of, you know, being exposed to COVID, um, then the protection the vaccine is going to give you is way more than the, the side effects of the vaccine and you should take it. So as far as I know from American College of OBGYN, from the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, they have said that, you know, go ahead, take the vaccine. If you are trying for a pregnancy, you don't need to change anything. If you're already pregnant, taking the vaccine, don't worry about it. If you're going through infertility treatment, just keep doing that. Just take the vaccine for a precaution. Okay. But today I saw this article and I need to do a little bit more research on this before I give you the actual answer. But today I saw it on the New York Times magazine um, newspaper. There is an article saying that WHO is saying that the Moderna vaccine, if you are pregnant, unless you are at high risk, don't take it. And I don't know why they are just talking about Moderna, not the Pfizer and what is the basis for it. So that I, you know, I need to look into it a little bit more before I tell you. But as far as the other, uh, other, um, uh, 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 you, you know, the colleges are saying is mm -hmm. to, to take it. So Interesting. I think the more the studies come out, the more people, you know, we're going to find out this is such a new, new disease and a new <laughs> vaccine that yeah. it's just the time is going to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a wealth of information right there. And, you know, I think it's, I think a lot of women are just worried. I think this is a, a really difficult time to be mm -hmm. going through uh, a, any kind of health condition. But if you were having a child or you are having a child, I can understand, you know, concerns mm -hmm. around. Yeah. This, right. Yeah. Because, you know, with the pregnancy, your immune system is kind of shot, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then if you happen to get COVID, then uh, the chances of complication to the mom are way higher. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I think the OBGYN college was saying that, you know, you protect yourself because you protect yourself, you're protecting your baby with those antibodies. Yes. But, you know, as I said, this report I just saw today, I'm like, well, we need to look into it and see why they're saying this. So. Well, I know that you're going to keep us posted because you do on Instagram. I try. You do. So that's another thing I wanted to ask you. So thank you for sharing all that COVID knowledge. I know we want to keep up to date on that as much as possible, but I'm always curious and I've been meaning to ask you this. I'm so happy you're on the show. How do you come up with these different ideas every day and week? I mean, they're hot topics that we want to know about women's health, which I think is not talked about enough, which I'm sure you can agree with me on, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have some amazing, strong topics. I mean, you're talking about, you know, ovarian cysts, you're talking about menopause, you're talking about HPV, you're talking about all these hot topics that we haven't talked about a lot over the past five years, 10 years, you know, and they're coming up now, which is great. But where does your inspiration come from? You're like something that goes on every day or an article you read. Where's your inspiration coming from, Mona? I think it's a combination of the things, really. It's the um, 
I like to read. I, I literally read it something or else every day. So the reading, if something pops up, is like, oh, people might want to know this. But a lot of time it's the friends or people, DM, you know, sending me messages on the Instagram or my patients, you know, who follow me or just in case it's like, can you tell me about it? And so if I talk about something in my office, I'm like, well, maybe I should write about it. Maybe more people want to know about this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of different things. It's hard to find a new topic every time. But I think a little bits and pieces of knowledge, every little thing helps. And the more you have knowledge about your health, I think more empowered you are with the knowledge, the better you're going to be, healthier you're going to be mentally and physically. So that's that's why I write all this, just to, you know, so if somebody's interested, please read and, you know, get something out of this. So. Oh, absolutely. We're going to put all of your social in uh, the show notes so everyone can follow you. Because I find when I read your posts that it kind of calms me too, because if it's, even if it's a topic that doesn't apply to me at this time, I'm like, oh my gosh, if only I had known that then, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think, you know, knowledge is power. Um, so I, I completely agree with you. So I love that you get it from, get these inspirations from your clients, from, you know, from just reading. I'm like you, I read a lot too every day. And Mm -hmm. that's where I get my inspiration as well for my podcast, for different articles that I write, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, again, knowledge is power. So a lot of my listeners are in childbearing years. And I know obviously that's what you, (laughs) your expertise is. And so what would you tell, um, like a hot topic is, you know, freezing your eggs and when to do that, or should you do that? And thinking about that. And, um, what do you think about that now that, you know, times have kind of changed, we've evolved, you know, that's one of the many topics that comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's an amazing technology, which is out there, you know, um, for freezing the eggs. It's like, you know, years ago, we didn't have that choice or we didn't have people didn't have a chance to do that. Right. But again, there are a couple things we have to remember about uh, when you if you want to freeze your eggs, you really have to do your research and make sure who are you going with? Which lab you are um, going to go with? Is it is this a company which is going to be there, you know, long term? Because, sure. because these eggs, you may use it in next couple of years. Or who knows, you might want to keep them longer and use it later. So do they have a right technology? Are those eggs going to be alive and well? Because you're going to be paying premium money. So it's not only you're going to pay money to just get the eggs extracted and kept that time, but it's a monthly fee. So if you are making that investment, you have to make sure that it is this is something you really want. You're emotionally and mentally ready for this. And uh, the, the company you have or the the, you know, the company or a physician you have, um, you have uh, um, chosen is going to be there long term for you. Now, at what age you should um, start thinking about it? See, every woman is born with a finite number of eggs. And as we start getting older, the number of eggs starts decreasing. So uh, there are some conditions or some medical problem uh, conditions where the number of eggs are going to be 
dis, you know, not disappearing, but going away pretty quickly. Those women, if they know that this is the condition they have, they should think about either getting pregnant sooner or freezing the eggs earlier. But usually by after the age of 35 or so, I would think, well, you know, the eggs quality is going to change between 35 to 40. They still are good. People still get pregnant on their own and pregnancies go well. But if that's something concerning you, I think that's the time I would start thinking about it or at least have a, a dialogue with your OBGYN and see, you know, they can do some blood work to see what your egg reserve is and going to give you an idea whether you should go for it now or later. So, you know, there are lots of little steps involved. So it's a good idea to sit down with your OBGYN, look at your history, your, you know, what you, what your um, aims and goals are coming in next few years and, and then, you know, go for it. I think it's a great thing that we have available for women right now. Great so. advice again, Dr. Mona. So this is why I love asking you this stuff. So yeah, I mean, a lot of my listeners are in, in that age group. And so that's why I want to ask that question. Again, it's one mm -hmm. of these hot topics. And I know that you probably hear this question, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, great advice. Um, you know, it's, it is something to think about. And, you know, I don't think everybody knows, you know, I think they think, you know, you freeze your eggs and then it's like, okay, they're just there on a shelf. <laughs> until I'm ready. And there's a lot, there's a lot more to that. Um, those are things that I learned and I even learned a little bit more with you sharing, um, that as well. So what do you think, um, you know, as far as women, when, you know, when you turn 35, 36, and this is like near and dear to my heart because I'm 34. Mm -hmm. So this is like mm -hmm. the age group, right? Um, when you're, you're kind of going into this other phase in your life, what are some health things that you share with women um, to stay healthy as their OBGYN? Well, I mean, it's like anybody else, you know, age is just a number. I tell yeah. everybody, come on, <laughs> 30 or 34, not a big, huge difference, little yeah. difference. Yeah, but I, just the same, you know, like healthy lifestyle, like healthy eating, exercising, making sure that, you know, you get your um, annual examinations done. So you somebody is actually examining you and making sure that female health wise, everything is okay. If you need your pap smear, that is all normal and you know um some and there are no precancer cells uh if you need a mammogram get your breast examination done get your mammograms done uh, make sure that you have um folic acid calcium in your diet um now with the covid i tell people do vitamin d and, and vitamin c as well because that's been shown to help prevent it you know so those are the things we usually talk about. And then um, depending on your history, if you are, if you have any medical problems like high blood pressure, diabetes or anything like that, those need to be kept under control um, so that you stay healthy and, and have a healthy and happy life, you know, long term. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's great advice. And yes, I'm, you know, I'm 34, but I still feel like I'm 24, <laughs> but yeah. I have a lot of energy. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I love that. And I love your advice about the vitamin C and the vitamin D. I tend to be vitamin D deficient because I work from home. I'm inside a lot. And I had that before 
um, Mm -hmm. COVID and everything, just because that was my lifestyle. And so it was really important for me to get outside, take a walk. And so it was not shocking to me that, and obviously you as a doctor, I'm sure this wasn't shocking. All these reports that have come out that people are significantly vitamin D deficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially where I live, you know, we are in Michigan. Right. And we don't get as much of a sun, sunshine and a sunlight as the other people get. So yeah, vitamin D is really, really important. It's been associated with a lot of conditions, you know. Yeah. So going out in the sun is perfect. If not, get some supplements for sure. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So what are some last pieces of health advice that you can give my listeners and then we'll tell them where to find you? Dr. Mona? Well, I think be informed about your health. Be, you know, aware of your own body. It's so important to be in tune with your body. As a woman, what we do is very typical, and I'm pretty sure I have done that too. We put everyone else's needs before ours. You know, I have seen this. People have bleeding to the point that they get anemic, but they don't go because they keep doing things for the kids, for the husband, for who, you know, who know, uh, and just keep, so don't postpone it. Your health is really important. If you take care of yourself and you're strong and healthy, you can do better for your family. So be in tune with yourself. If you think things are not right, please get some advice. See, get your, you know, preventive care done. Go for your annual checkups. It's really important. You know, ounce of prevention is so important in preventing any kind of diseases or problems. Eat healthy. Please have a healthy lifestyle. Please incorporate exercise. Even if it is for 15, 20 minutes a day, it's okay. At least you are doing something for yourself. And same, I would, I tell people about meditation as well. I think it's really important to take that little five, 10 minutes for ourselves calm your mind down, you know, and um, do the good breathing. And that all helps in making you feel good, give you more energy. And as I said, more, more healthier you are, the better is going to be for you and your family. So that's going to be my advice. (laughs) Thank you. No, I mean, I love the fact that you brought up meditation in Mm -hmm. addition to all these other things, because, well, one, let me go back for a second. You're right. Women have a tendency to put everyone else before themselves, especially when they have a family or significant other or, you know, other responsibilities. And that's just, it seems like that's just built into our DNA. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of anyone else because, you know, um, exactly what you said. I mean, those are you know, horrible things that happen. And, you know, I am raising my hand over here because I've gotten so burnt out several times and, you know, putting that mask on and taking care of myself first. Like they say, I always use that plane reference, you know, when you're flying (laughs) and they're like, put your mask on first before you help others. I get that now. I didn't get that, you know, 12 years ago. I understand that now. And that's exactly what you're saying. But I love that you're including meditation in there because meditation really changed my life. And it's interesting because every woman that I have on this show or every woman I talk to, it doesn't matter if we've got you, Dr. Mona on here, or someone who is a self-help coach, or I've had, I had a podcaster on who does mental health. I have had, you know, so many different people on here. It all goes back. I had a confidence coach on the other day. They all talk about (laughs) mindset and meditation. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that it all comes back to that. So tell us um, where, and of course, I'll put this in the show notes too. Dr. Mona, where can everybody follow you for those amazing tips that you share? Thank you, Maya. My, um, I've got a couple uh, social media platforms. I have an uh, Instagram account. It's under Glam Guy now. Um, you guys can follow me there. Send me any tips or any questions you have or any ideas what should, I should talk about it next. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is under my, um, my, uh, my name. It's Dr. Mona Hardas. Um, at the Facebook, you can find me. Or as I said, I just started a YouTube channel and it's all about little procedures we do as a um, gynecologist. And it's also Glam Guy now. Uh, my podcast channel is uh, Paging Your Guy Now. And again, we discuss um, women's health issues up there. Actually, today my uh, podcast got released and that has got um, information on acne. So if anybody interested, they can listen into it. But, but yeah, those are my platforms, you know. Please contact me. Please um, DM me, send me messages, and I would love to talk to you guys again. Fabulous. I will include all of that. And that's, that's an amazing topic too, for your podcast. So I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you again for being here, Dr. Mona. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Maya. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for listening to women for women Wednesday on my opinion. We will see you back here next week.